it's always an interesting process just to where to start with everything, especially to move from, we had an initiates uh, meditation retreat, as I was saying, Friday and Saturday, and then to do an open meeting. It's very different dynamics. And because the retreat energy, even though we're all at home and doing it online, there's still that depth of spirit that is present. And that's just so wonderful that each of us can be in our own place physically where we are on our own and to just watch online and literally connect into that and literally go deep just like we would if we were all together in a retreat. And then when we do an open class like today, it's a different dynamic because it's one, just a few hours together, and it's a whole mix of us that we just came together today from around the world. Some people, it's, this may be your first time. It may be a brand new experience. Other people have been here for decades, a long time. Some people, maybe just a couple classes. So we have a real mix uh, going on with all types of different backgrounds um, that attend ILM functions. But each one has its own dynamic because when we gather together, that whole phrase of where two or more are gathered, well, as we come together, we create a focus and a frequency with the intention that we bring to our gathering. In ILM, we always share about the purpose or the goal or the vision or mission of what we're here doing and presenting in ILM, that we're presenting what we call a path to sound and light. But that path to sound and light has a very specific function or action that takes place with an intention and a goal in mind. And that is for our soul's liberation from this physical creation and for us to wake up not only to our own divinity, to know that we truly are a divine spark of God made in God's image, but also for that divine spark of who we are to literally merge back as we say, into the heart of God, which is really merging back into the oneness with God in that ocean of loving, of God's beingness. So that literally is what we are doing. And I say literally because I really mean that. A lot of people will share things figuratively, symbolically, a representation, a parable, an example, a mythology, a storyline like, like it's fictitious. Because a lot of these experiences that the soul has on these other realms and levels and dimensions beyond the physical literally can seem imaginary, like make-believe, pretend, because some of it seems so far out that a lot of times we just don't believe it. We think it is made up. They're, they're phony. They're a quack. They're whatever. They're just trying to get attention. They're trying to get our money. They're trying to do this or that. And there is a lot of that out there. There's a lot of egos out there prating around, just wanting attention, saying, look at me. Others are doing it for whatever purposes. They have their own agendas of wanting to get your money or get this or get that. And a lot of it is a taking process. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And those are all the things we're used to in the world. So we're ever watchful. Have you ever noticed that in your life? That you're always watchful, especially with new people. Like the people you've already are familiar with, you know the patterns or routines, you know the people you're comfortable with, the ones you're uncomfortable with, the agendas people run, or the patterns or behaviors, whatever you want to call them. Everybody's got all that. 
But when there's something new or somebody new, like especially if this is your first time coming to ILM that are beginning, you're checking things out. Can I trust these people? Do they have something that I want that I could use to benefit myself in my life? Or are they trying to get something from me? Are they fraud? Are they a fake? What, what's the deal? What's the agenda? Because a lot of the world presents hidden agendas that we all see what's on the surface. People can present whatever they want. And we don't necessarily know if what's being presented to us on the surface is a lie or if it's very honest and truthful. I find it interesting because a lot of what I see out there nowadays, it's often referred to as transparency or radical honesty. And that's what's out there because there's so much now that's been presented in the world, whether it's politics or business or whatever, where there's a lot of mistrust because there's been corruption. There's been a lot of deception and lies put out there with all these hidden agendas and power games and greed and control. So we're in society in general, there's a lot of mistrust now. And then when we have something like the pandemic, like the coronavirus going on, that creates even more fear just for our own physical well-being. But then when we hear all the stories of different doctors, our peer group, the government, politicians, you hear all these different conflicting stories, you start to wonder, well, what can I trust? What can I believe? And then you believe one thing, and then later you find out it's a lie, or maybe it was a misrepresentation, or just misinformation, or literally an outright lie. And when it's like that, we can't help but to feel deceived, to be taken advantage of, to be manipulated for somebody else's gain or control, um, whatever that is they're trying to extract from us. And it's, it's not always just money. It's often a power game and control that feeds the ego. And that's what we see go on in the world, not, not just on a, on a big country or political governmental level, but I mean on every level, even in family dynamics or business dynamics, whatever relationships, there's always these games out there because it feeds the ego. It feeds a part of the human animal consciousness because that's the way this is set up here it's kind of like the food chain you know it's kill or be killed you know who's the highest on the food chain because you eat the lower one and supposedly man's the highest one on that i say supposedly because maybe there's something greater on the food chain and we're just being eaten like we can do with other plants and animals who knows but these are the things that really go on and in that, we often can find ourselves in a place within life in general, if you want to say that, but really it's inside of ourselves. What is it inside of ourselves by which the way we are perceiving life? And a lot of that perception comes because of our experience, how we are educated, how we were trained. Over time, from when we were first born to the Whatever age we're at now, there's an educational process, a training, a habitualizing. We're taught a way to believe what's right, what's wrong. It's all training and education. So if we can begin to look at it in that ordinary sense, we can begin to learn from the process and how that works. 
And then in that we'll see some of the things that we are taught are just not true. And other things are true. And that's part of the discovery and the journey of life itself is that the hard part is that when we start to wake up to what's really going on, you know, the whole Matrix movie, the what is it, the red pill or the blue pill? It's so funny because I don't even remember now. It's been so long. I always think, yeah, take the blue pill because we talk about the blue light. But I think it's the red pill in the movie that wakes you up to the greater reality. I don't remember, but we'll take the purple one or the golden white one. How about that? <laughs> so... It's literally all these choices we have, but we make our choices based upon our experience. And the hard part is when all we're looking at is just the surface, there's that superficiality that in the beginning we believe it. And unfortunately, for all the reasons I was just saying and many more, through our life experience, we start to see a lot of those things literally were lies and we we're taken advantage of. So we feel abused. We feel the victim of our circumstances, of people, of situations, conditions. And we're left feeling disempowered, like we have no control of our own lives. And so we live in this constant state of fear because we don't know what we can believe or what we can trust, what can we rely on as a voice of truth? And therein is the opportunity. That is the opportunity for all of us to begin to really look at life itself and begin to question and when I say begin to question from the approach we take here in Inner Light Ministries, our questioning that we want to do is to question life, to learn from life and what it has to teach us. Not to question life of what's right and what's wrong, but to question what is the right and the wrong teaching me? What is the value in life? What is the opportunity it is presenting me that I can take this opportunity and literally gain the value by asking the right questions from the right place. Because we could still ask the same question, but if it's coming from a place of judgment and fear and right and wrong, well, more than likely, because that's where we're coming from, then we're going to look at whatever answers we get as a right and wrong. And that, that, that just keeps supporting this process of this back and forth of right and wrong and the truth and the lie. And the problem with that is that we can get caught up in what we could call a path of righteousness. That is, we call it discovering the truth or what is right is how we'll often define it. That we go for that rightness and eventually now that becomes our righteousness and if it doesn't fit within that schematic or box or framework, we look at everything else as wrong. And we judge that as a bad thing, as a terrible thing. We have an againstness. And that againstness and judgment or fear we have then creates a separation within our own consciousness. And that is where the real problem is. Not in what's actually happening ex in the exterior, the situations outside of us, but what we are actually doing inside of ourselves that either create 
a state of separation? Because if we're right, well, that automatically makes others wrong. That polarizes our consciousness. It is that polarization that creates that separation in which we experience now, we the soul being separate from God. Now, I just made a big leap right there. The soul, when it came into this creation of time and space, moved into the experience of separation. And then that experience of separation is what we as a soul now are journeying through and experiencing. And so we see things in polar opposites as rights and wrongs of good and evils. And that's the thing now where we need to begin to look at and with the right questions, we can begin to now learn from all that and bring now together those things we've gone into separation with that through that right mode of questioning that we can begin to see the learning and as we gain greater understanding of what's going on on both polar opposites, that understanding now begins to open us in a way that all of this can now come back to center and begin to integrate within us, in our consciousness now, in a place of oneness where we no longer hold a, forget, a, a fear, a judgment that creates a separation that we have done through our beliefs of right and wrong. But this takes time. This takes learning how to approach life, how to ask those questions. We've probably all heard of the phrases, ask, seek, and knock. Well, I'm just talking about the asking part. Because before we can even seek or knock to really discover the greater truth of spirit, we've got to begin on the surface where we find ourselves asking the right questions to open even a door in our consciousness that we can then begin to seek after that greater spirit of life that we could call truth or that loving presence of God or divinity, or spirituality. Whatever name you have for it is just fine. But realize it is that approach that we must take that'll either open the doors of our consciousness for the truth to be revealed to us in our inner knowing through our experience, or whether we will just keep staying on the surface because of those fears and judgments and not trusting now. And part of this process as well is that we, in our conditioning, our education and training, have learned to look outside of ourselves, look at the world, look at what's going on, and look at that as our reference. And because there has been so much, in a sense, presented that is not true out here, that we now, in feeling deceived that we can't trust what's presented out here, we don't have another reference if all we've been educated is to look out here. 
So we've got to begin to really ask the right questions to open the doors so that we can go beyond the surface and go deeper into ourselves to gain a new reference, a new point of understanding, a new perspective, a point from within ourselves that we can now perceive the situations and circumstances in our life to gain that new or different perspective of just going deeper into ourselves. And that is really the key, to ask the right questions, to open the doors so that we can begin to go deeper into ourselves to get beyond the surface. The surface, the superficiality is always a misrepresentation. Think about it. How much do we in our own lives always try to project an image so that we look good, that we feel good, that people think good about us? Even if you're doing bad things, you try to do the bad so well that even all the bad people think you're so good at it? <laughs> or all the good people want to see how good and pure you are and who can do everything just perfect and right and follow the rules and you know get an A+, 4.0, get all the right answers, not do anything wrong? Look at how much we all do that. Even if we've been living a spiritual pathway for a long, long time, look at how even with the things we've learned, we still, a part of us, still tries to project a certain image, to look a certain way to everybody else, because that is what we want other people to see and think of us, and that's also what we want to believe and think of ourselves. The problem is, when we're projecting a certain image, but yet there's another part of us that we feel false or superficial, that that's not what we really think of ourselves, that's not how we really feel, that we really feel down, that we're upset, that we don't trust, we don't like things, I'm sick of it all, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm sad. Or even if we're happy, think about when we're even happy or excited about something that we've learned even to hold back because in the past we have been happy and excited and expressed that. And we have found that people got uncomfortable when we did that. So they told us to shut up, to quiet down, sit still. Think of it as kids. All the kids all over the place, all excited. Kids are always so having so much fun and they're enthusiastic. But because it's too much for the parents and for everybody around them, they can't handle all that energy, that enthusiasm. And so the children are always called, told to settle down, sit still, be quiet. Over and over and over and over. So we're conditioned to start pulling in, containing, suppressing a lot of that expression. Well, what do you think is going to happen the longer we are trained to do that and we learn to pull ourselves back now and contain all of that enthusiasm? Well, that's what we're dealing with as we get older. Because all that enthusiasm is truly the nature of the soul and why little kids express it when they're young, because 
in that inner sense, the soul is creative, it's joyful, it's enthusiastic, it's loving. So as kids, we express that. But then over time, for the reasons like I just said, we start pulling it back, pulling it back, pulling it back. And then at times we'll be punished for it. We'll be spanked, we'll be um, you know, grounded, we'll be sent to our room, sent, whatever. And so now we're getting into the conditions. And then over time then as we grow up, then we wonder why we're depressed. Why we don't like participating in life. Why we're always trying to do everything right and not trying and trying not to get it wrong. Because if we get it wrong, do it wrong, somebody's going to yell at us, somebody's going to punish us. So we would rather not do anything because we're afraid now of getting punished or causing a disturbance, a ripple that somebody's not going to like. And so now we've learned to contain ourselves, to present a certain image so that we don't get any negative feedback from the universe around us, so to speak. And so then we now have pulled in we get into the solemn place. We live a life of pain and suffering, depression, sadness, anger, not getting what we want. We've lost the enthusiasm for life. I know it sounds depressing just talking about it, doesn't it? But that's what happens. And yet all of us are looking for a way, a means, a place where we can really begin to freely express ourselves once again. Just like as a child. If you notice as we get older, how uh, when we can watch children, it brings a joy to us, but at the same time, it brings a sadness to us because we realize how much we've lost that joyful expression ourselves. Well, there and again is life presenting an opportunity to learn from. But then what do we do with that? Do we go into now the sadness and depression because we have lost that childlike joyful expression? Or do we look at that and say, you know what? I want to begin looking at how I can begin to once again not only find and discover that joyful childlike expression in myself, but begin to actually do it now to take the actions rather than just think about it or read about it or hear about it, but to actually take the actions and do something about it. To start acting like the child again. And no, this isn't my excuse for my behavior. Maybe it is. But that is part of the reason why I just get silly and some of my silliness is a little crude for some people. Because, hey man, I'm just a little boy. And that's just part of little boy nature. All the potty humor, all the whatever. But that's part of going back into that childlike innocence in ourselves. That in that we have to rediscover what that is inside of us. And that's a lot of the spiritual journey is a rediscovery of that childlike innocence within ourselves. So I would say the beginning 
part of our journey, and it's a continuing part all the way through our spiritual journey, is you could call a journey of personal discovery or personal growth or personal healing. Because a lot of the healing is learning to forgive and to accept and to let go of a lot of that conditioning that was put upon us as we were growing up that shut us down. That as we begin to open that back up, that we can begin to now forgive and accept the, the people, the situations that place that on us and that we accept it into ourselves and bought into. Because not every child does. If you notice some children, no matter how much trouble they get in, they don't stop. <laughs> they continue getting in trouble. Well, why do I say trouble? Well, I was one of those kids. No matter how many times I got yelled at or spanked, Mom, if you're listening, I hope you're laughing. <laughs> I never stopped. I may have held it back a little bit here and there in certain situations but I never stopped. But you see, the good news in, in all of us is that if we have stopped, that does not mean that we can't start it up again, no matter how old we are, because that childlike nature and the soul within us that is eternal has no boundaries, no age limits, no limitations. It is literally just up to us by our choices whether we want to reignite it, to really start giving it voice again, giving it life, expressing it. That is literally a personal choice. We actually made the choice, even though a lot of us may not think it because we feel like it was done to us, but even in these things being done to us, we made the choice to accept what was done to us. And that's a hard one I know for a lot of people to swallow. But if you really can get and understand what I'm saying, that even though we were conditioned, told what to do, that even done through control, through fear, through judgment, we ourselves still made a choice to accept those judgments and fears and conditions and abide by them. And if you realize that you made that, we made that choice, well, that means we're the ones that have the power to change that. That we can still continue making the choice of following, even when there's nobody else in our life now telling us what we need to be doing, how we need to behave. That we're adults living our own lives now. We have the freedom to make those choices for ourselves now. That even when there's nobody around us doing that, that now we have been so conditioned, we just keep living that conditioning. And then if we have children, we continue the conditioning onto them. But at any point, we realize what I'm saying now, at any time we can make a new choice and not live in those conditions anymore, but we can begin to now change that and choose a new way of being, a new way of doing. 
If you want to say, I'm going to re-educate myself and set up new conditions, but I want to call them conditions. I'll, I'll call them guidelines, ground rules, <laughs> principles to live by. But I'm going to be the one to set those out. Well, when we do that, we begin now to empower ourselves. And that is a lot of what we're doing on the spiritual journey. That first step of the spiritual journey is one of personal empowerment or self-empowerment. A lot of the communities out there may call it personal growth or self-improvement, support groups, all of that good stuff. And it is good stuff. But it's only part of the journey. There's another journey that is beyond all of that. And that journey is really the greater journey of the soul. that we teach here in Interlight Ministries. It is that journey that is beyond self-empowerment. It is truly soul empowerment. It is the soul not only beginning to wake up and recognize that power within itself through that childlike innocence I was just sharing about, but beginning to even wake up to the greater truth of where even that power comes from. That as a soul, where did we come from? Who are we really as the soul? Something had to create us. We had to come from somewhere, and we have to go somewhere after this body dies. So when we start asking those questions, Well, then when we open those doors within ourselves, that's when we really begin yet a greater journey, even beyond everything I was just talking about. Because everything else I was just talking about, the personal self, is dealing more with the world and our circumstances and our belief systems, our mindset, our emotional imagination and physical states. But if we want to really go beyond that, well, that's what we in ILM call the path of sun and light or the spiritual journey of awakening to wake up and know the truth of who we are in our oneness with God. That journey begins to answer those deeper questions of who, what, where, how, But it's got to be this step-by-step -step of opening doors in our consciousness that lead us from one place to another, to another, to another, where we go deeper within ourselves to answer those deeper questions that lead us to the deeper or greater truth that is beyond the surface of the illusion where we've all been deceived by life itself, physical life. All of physical life and really is a deception. Because, think about it, if we believe we are the body, that's a lie. That is a total lie that we are the body. So physical life itself is a complete lie and deception. 100%. Now that's kind of depressing and disappointing, isn't it? 
that we've all been living alive. As soon as we took our first breath and were born into this body, we began living a lie. Wow. Ouch. Well, it's often not until we can accept the truth of the lies we've been living can we now open the doors to the truth of the truth or reality that is. In other words, we've got to be willing to confront, acknowledge, and accept those negative, false belief systems, conditions, limitations, things we have taken on because simply what? Because we were told so? We just believed it because somebody told us? Well, maybe it's time to really look at all that. To really look at it and to begin to wonder and question, yeah, why did I take that on? Why did I believe that? Well, maybe the only thing we knew, because that's what our parents told us, that's what our teachers told us, that's what all the books said. Well, thank God nowadays there's a lot of other books and people out there telling us otherwise. There's a lot of that now. It's widespread around the planet. It's kind of a retaliation, a revolution in consciousness that's going on around the planet. If anything, I think the coronavirus is part of that and supporting it. It may look like a bad thing on the surface, but just like I said, all of this, if all of this is a lie, I'm not going to say if, it is a lie, and we know it. Everything was created here physically, including our bodies, and at one point our bodies will die, and everything we can see, taste, touch, smell here, will die. One point this planet will no longer exist to be, let alone the whole universe. Those are the bigger questions eventually we need to start asking and really then seeking the answers to that. You start asking those questions out in public, you see how far you can get with that. Go ask, go ask your politicians these kinds of questions and see what kind of answers you get. Go ask your school teachers. I bet some of them would talk, but some of them would probably be afraid to because we're all taught to be a certain way. But what's wrong? What's bad of asking these questions of just wanting to really understand and know a deeper truth? So we're not misled or deceived anymore. It's funny because a lot of what we're sharing right now here, a lot of people would look at this as rebellious, revolutionary. And in some cases, maybe it is. But that's not what we're trying to do here because we are not trying to create a revolution in the world. But what we are doing here in ILM 
is creating a revolution within ourselves, our own consciousness, by questioning and asking ourselves. And not only looking out here, but truly to ask ourselves and look within ourselves to start to answer or find those answers, to seek those answers to those questions deep within our own consciousness through our prayers, our meditations, our contemplations, by doing our spiritual seeking, our spiritual journey, our spiritual studies of all different scriptures and quotes of what we would call spiritual teachers or sages or saints over the ages, including today, alive right now. So when we begin that pursuit, ask, seek, and knock. So we ask the questions, we start seeking after the answers. Well, some of those answers are hidden behind closed doors. Well, that's where the knocking, right? What are we knocking? What do we hear of that phrase? Well, don't knock it. Don't knock what? Well, a lot of the questions we're going to ask and seek after, that's the response we're going to get. Don't knock it. Knock on wood. <laughs> All these phrases, whatever they come from, what are they about? Well, start knocking it. Start knocking on the doors to seek after those answers that you're trying to find. How are you going to open the door? If the door is locked, you don't have the key? Well, how are you going to open the door to know what's on the other side that Maybe the answer you're looking for. Well, either you're going to knock on the door and hopefully somebody will answer it and open the door from the other side. Or if you're really an aggressive type, you'll just kick the door in or blast it open or something. I don't know. Maybe try to pick the lock. <laughs> That's what a lot of people do the tricksters, the pickpockets, the deceivers. Because sometimes we learn that life is a game, so we just have to play the game. But if we want to approach life honestly and being true to ourselves, and that's a big part of it, is to approach life in such a way that we really honor that truth to ourselves, being true to ourselves. To thine own self be true. When we really ask and seek and knock from that place of being true to ourselves is when the true doors will be opened for us. It is when we approach all of this falsely or through the ego or through our fears and judgments, that approach itself will keep the doors closed. Even if we ask the questions, even if we seek after the answers, the doors will remain closed because of where we are coming from. If you want to say within our hearts. Within our hearts. There's this phrase called the heart of hearts or the holy of holies. Well, to open those doors and to open our hearts into the heart of hearts, we have to approach all of this 
from that place of truth and sincerity within ourselves, where the true divine desire of wanting to know, and if anything, a true longing to discover. And it is that longing and desire that literally can cause pain in us because we want to truly know and understand so badly it hurts. To seek God with all our body, mind, heart, and soul because we in our unconsciousness know and sense the greater truth to the point that it hurts and we suffer because we can't find it and we feel that it is closed off and withheld from us. When that is in that intense and it is so strong that it's like a have to, we must know, we cannot stop, well then we won't. If we just give up before we really get the answer, before the door is open, before it's revealed, I guess the desire and the longing wasn't strong enough. Because maybe it wasn't time. Maybe there's other lessons we need to learn about living more of the illusion and the deception of life because we're not ready yet to accept the reality of what's really going on, of who we really are, what God really is, what life itself really is, and how all of this came to be. But when we're ready, and that longing is strong enough, when we have had enough suffering, and we can't answer that any other way, and we realize as we're drawn in, we will be drawn to a spiritual pursuit and a journey that we know is going to begin to answer whatever that is within us that we are truly seeking. And the stronger the sincerity and that longing is, the more it will pull us or propel us forward to meet and confront all of the obstacles, the limitations, the false belief systems, and everything that would cause us fear and judgment and hold us back, we will now confront and deal with it simply to get past it because we've had enough of the pain, the anger, the depression of not having that we don't even know what it is that we're seeking, but yet we do because it's unconscious, but yet something pulls us. And we know that pull inside of us is so real, but yet it's so intangible compared to everything else in the world. So when we're at that point... It is at that point in our true, sincere asking and seeking and knocking that now God through the Holy Spirit will begin 
to present the action, the tools, the ways, the means by which to now answer that longing inside of us. And it is at that point that we will now discover a source on every level, including the physical, by which we can turn to to get those tools, those techniques, the ways and the means now so that that door can be opened that we are knocking on so that we can now have the greater truth revealed to us and that we can actually walk through that door to step through it and into that divine truth where the truth is revealed. The truth that will set us free because it literally is on the other side of the door. And notice I pointed right here, the seat of the soul, the spiritualized center that we focus on in meditation. Because this is the door that we have to come to through our asking, our seeking, and our knocking right here. Knock on wood. <laughs> it is the inner door or the tombstone or the window, whatever that opening that has been closed off and shut down for us to really know the greater truth on the other side of that. We know it's on the other side of that. That's why we so want it, why we so long for it. And so we sit there at the door now through our asking and seeking, we have come to that place now where we knock because we know now that that truth is now on the other side of that door because we've opened all the other doors. We've looked in all the other places. Maybe we had some fun. Maybe we had a lot of pain. More than likely we'll have had all of that to get to that last door. And that's the funny thing. It often is the last door. Because first we're going to knock on and go through the door through this chakra and then the door through that chakra and then the door through here. And so we're going to walk right on up through all these different doors until we get to this door, the last door in the physical body here. And when we're truly ready then, through God's Holy Spirit, that door will be opened. And when that door is open, then, and only then, we will be given now the ways and the means now to walk through that and then to begin to truly discover the greater truth that is on the other side of that. And that is also now, it is the end of one journey and it is the beginning of a new journey when we walk through that door. Because that door that we walk through is now beginning a new journey beyond the physical consciousness where we truly step out of the physicality and now into another realm 
And I'm not going to even call that realm spiritual because the first realm we step into when we get out of the body is just the astral realm or the realm of imagination. But it is the first step of a grand journey now beyond the physical and now into and through these other realms of time and space called the astral or the realm of imagination and then the realm of emotion or the causal realm and then the mental realm or the realm of mind and then the unconscious realm the realm of unknowing or the etheric realm, the void. And it is beyond that where we begin to then enter into the spiritual realms, that which is truly of spirit, not of time and space, not the reflection or the illusion, but that which is truly the spirit of the soul and God's loving beingness That's the true spiritual realm. But remember, we the soul, I say remember, (laughs) well, that's the truth. We just simply forgot. We the soul have come from the spiritual. God created us. We are made in the likeness of God as a divine spark of God's living, loving essence. We were created from and we are, I don't want to just say a part of, but we are. But that divine spark as it came into time and space now has come into all these other realms of consciousness and has been encapsulated through all these realms, through the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and right into our body. And so we have to walk through all of that. There's doors through every level of that. This first one right here is that first step is always the biggest step. And that's why it really is a new beginning. But that first step is an amazing, wonderful, new new awakening, a new birth, a rebirth, literally, that we begin to wake up and realize that we really are more than this physical body, that we are more than our fantasies. We are more than our feelings. We are more than our thoughts and belief systems. And so when that door is opened, because we are truly ready, oh, God's always ready. The Holy Spirit is always there for all of us. It is just a matter of when we are ready and we are willing to take responsibility and accept these truths of the illusion we have bought into and have taken on. And we are ready to let go of the lies and the deception of all that and now begin to wake up to the truth or the reality of the divine. And when that is the case, and we're ready to take that step, then now God brings forward through the Holy Spirit the ways and the means for that to take place. So inwardly, spiritually, we may begin to have inner spiritual experience where we can go inside or even in the dream state, it may just happen without us even trying. 
Other times we'll start different meditation practices, different prayers. And in that process, that door will begin to open and we may begin to see things, what people would call spiritual visions or clairvoyance or clairaudience, clairsentience. We may have out-of-body experiences where we, we literally in our conscious awareness transcend the physical body and step through that door and go into another realm, another realm that often can be just like the physical, but we know it's not the physical, that it is another realm because it is so real and we are experiencing it consciously just like we do here physically. And so that's what happens. We step out into that, and when we do, there's another part of us that just wakes up and begins to realize and has the joy once again that there really is a greater truth beyond what we have bought into in this deceptive, illusionary state. And that's when we also begin to discover that childlike innocence and joy beginning to reawaken inside of us. And over time, we begin to realize and correlate these inner and outer, both out-of-body and inner and in-body and in the physical world itself, how they correlate and actually tie all together. As above, so below. So below as above. And we start to see that childlike nature is what we have to live into to not only find more joy in our expression living physically, but the more we do that, we actually begin to find that it is that approach by which we are able to step through the door and into these other realms metaphysically and spiritually. But I do want to say... The soul is truly the only spiritual component in this physical realm of time and space. The soul is spiritual, always is, cannot change the state of that spirit of who we are as the soul. Now the physical and metaphysical, those are simply the illusionary worlds and states in vehicles by which the soul comes into, incarnates in, is encapsulated by, it takes on a vehicle by which to experience the physical body, the imaginational body, the emotional body, the mental body, the unconscious body. But once the soul lifts out of all those vehicles, it's literally like getting in the car and getting out of a car. We come into, every day we do that. When we come out of our sleep state, we get in the car. We come into the physical body. We wake up. Oh, it's time to drive this car through the world to have our physical experience. And then when we lay our body down at night to go to sleep, well, we just return from our day of driving around and now we're putting the car in the garage and shutting it off and getting out of the car. Well, that's what we're doing when we go to sleep every night. We get out of the car and then go into the house. So we get out of our body and go into our house. In the other kingdom, there are many mansions, not just houses. But it is literally that practical, the simplicity of this. It just seems so 
amazing because it's non-physical in its nature. But that's where we've got to be willing to let go of the physicality in all that goes with it. All the laws of nature, of physicality, the belief systems, we have to, through that process I've been sharing, release ourselves, free ourselves from all that in order to step through and into a different reality beyond the physicality. And then when we do that, well, the Holy Spirit's right there to give us all the support and the guidance we need in very practical ways. That's where a lot of people will often step beyond religion and go into psychic or metaphysical things because now they're focused on angels and spirit guides or nature spirits. All those things to assist us on other levels. And then as we continue, because it's fascinating and inspiring and amazing to begin to open up to this other reality beyond the physical, but then after a while, we realize the newness of it wears off and we go, wow, okay, all the angels and spirit guides and all these other spiritual entities, as we call them, beyond the physical, it starts to lose its luster and its sparkle. And so we begin to now go, well, what's beyond it? What's the purpose of all this? If I'm just turning to my angels and spirit guides to help me get through physical life, well, wait a minute. How come I'm turning my angels and spirit guides to get through my physical life? Then I start this journey because I wanted to know what was beyond the physical? Isn't that why we turn? to all the metaphysical because we want to get beyond the physical. But then what do we do? Well, in all of our old conditioning, the parts that we haven't now asked the questions, we now turn to our angels and spirit guides to give us the answers to those questions. But then because of our habitual education and training now, we still take that which is the spirit and still try to make it all about the world so that we can change our physical lives to have a better life. Why? Why do you want to have a better physical life? You're going to die at some point. The body's going to die. Why take all the time in a struggle to make a better physical life when you can be in complete joy and have the best physical life, everything's perfect, and then you die? What did you spend all the time and energy doing that for? when it's all going to be a waste. <laughs> Literally, the bodies are going to become manure now for something else to grow. I mean, basically, that's really the truth. But what do we do? We try to preserve the body. Rather than use it as fertilizer like it really is and should be, why don't we concern ourselves now more with that pursuit of what is beyond the physical and what those spiritual guides, angels, and beings are really there for. Because truly they're there for to support the soul on its journey, not the physical body on its journey. The soul on its journey 
through the physical body and the astral body and the causal body and the mental body and the etheric body and into the realms of soul and spirit. But when you start really transcending that greater stairway to heaven, going higher up the ladder, climbing the inner mountain, flying beyond the inner mountain, going to these other realms and dimensions, you're going to be presented more with angels and spirit guides because at that stage, you really need somebody who can show you and actually take you through these other realms, show you the way, point out things, what to pay attention to, and to go beyond it and into the next realm and into the next realm. And that is what we call a spiritual teacher or a way shower, a spiritual guide in the truest sense because that guide is a representative of the Holy Spirit that through the Holy Spirit in God's loving that is with the soul that is there ready to assist, to support the soul that is really ready for that greater journey beyond the whole physical realm of time and space in which all these other levels of consciousness are part of. The physical and metaphysical, that is all part of the realm of time and space. And all the angels and spirit guides are to help the soul through all of this creation. But when we're really ready to start the greater journey beyond the whole physical realm of time and space is when we will be presented a guide, if you will, a spiritual teacher as a representative of the Holy Spirit to now take us through and beyond all of this creation and truly back into where our spiritual home is in the soul realm and the realms of spirit. That is the journey in which every major religion really was, began with teaching. And that is a journey of any true spiritual pathway that has always been here throughout time and it exists today. And it is that journey that we share about and teach here in Inner Light Ministries. That is the journey of the soul right here from this physical body stepping through this door and the journey through all the metaphysical realms of time and space and into the soul itself so that you wake up and know who you are as that child of God and then begin the journey of merging into God. That is the journey that we are doing here in Inner Light Ministries. I could end there, but that's just the beginning. But we have to understand and have the clarity of what it is we're actually seeking and wanting to do. And so that's all I've done just now is laid out what that is, what to pay attention to, what we're doing in Interlight Ministries. 
Because this is what we live. This is what we have done ourselves to answer that longing in ourselves, to wake up and discover and know that truth by having stepped through that door many, many times and through all the doors, through all the levels. To come to that place, literally, to meet God face to face. Literally, every soul has the opportunity to do as Moses did. To come to the top of the mountain, to meet the burning bush, and to hear the voice of God, and to speak with God directly. That that Moses did is what is here for all of us to do. To wake up to that truth. But we need to know how to do that. We need to learn that process. And then we need to do it. And so in ILM, this is not only what we teach, but this is the encouragement and support we give for people to actually do the journey, to take action, to apply the teachings and the principles, to truly live and experience for themselves the truth of this journey and all that goes with it. What really is a spiritual teacher? What really are we doing in meditation? What is the sacred name of God? There's three things taught on this pathway, the real journey. The spiritual teacher, the meditation, and the sacred name. Has always been the Trinity. Because first we need a spiritual teacher to even educate us, to give us the awareness, the information, the understanding that there really are spiritual worlds beyond the physical that are real and true. And that it is the answer to every soul's longing is to not only experience, but to return to our spiritual heritage. And then to show the way. And that is through the meditation. The meditation is the way to go about experiencing and walking this journey for ourselves. So the spiritual teacher teaches the meditation, that process by which we can now walk and experience the spiritual journey of our soul beyond the physical. And then the sacred name. We have to have a way and a means by which to walk the spiritual journey. And so the sacred name, whether it's the hue and on a hue, or the sacred name or the other names of God that we give in initiation, well, those names has also been referred to as the keys to the kingdom. What do keys do? Well, remember the, at the knock part? Ask, seek, and knock. That door that's not open, that's been closed within us? Well, when we have the keys to open those doors, this door to begin, the hue and the anahue, will open the door. That name of God, spoken name, the hue, opens this door in our physical consciousness to begin the journey. But then through these other realms and dimensions, just like there's a door physically, there's a door astrally, causally, mentally, etherically, and in the soul that we need to have the key for, 
So just as we have the queue as a key, yeah, these doors are voice activated. There's no actual keys. They're sound activated. You have to have the secret password, the secret code. What's the password? Hugh. <laughs> okay, click, doors open, unlocked. Well, you need those other secret passwords for these other doors to open for you. And it is God opening them for you, but you need to have the secret password in order to share that so that that and who is on the other side of it and God and all of God's helpers know that you are one who has been given that so that the door can be opened and you have free passage now to move into and through that realm. That is literally what this is about. But it's not until we're really ready and are willing to do the work that it takes. And that work is simply loving, to love it all. We talk about LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving. That's the simplicity. We've got to be willing to do that with everything. All of our pain, all of our anguish, all of our upsets, all of our disturbance, all of our joy, all of our pleasures, all of our fulfillments. We've got to do that with all of it. in order to not only set ourselves free from it, but in order to really know in our freedom from it, where are we going to go? What are we going to do now? And it is that greater journey that we are doing here in ILM with the teacher, the meditation, and the sacred name, or the keys to open those doors that we've been knocking on. I'm going to leave it off right there for now. Leave people wondering what's next. Well, that's for you to ask and seek and knock to discover what's next. Looking forward to the journey with you, as we always have. And so I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to Jim to share right now, and we'll continue.